Hi, and welcome to Vibing With, brought to you by Puzzle of Color. On this episode of Vibing With, we're talking with Tabitha Whitley. Tabitha Whitley is a Brooklyn-based artist with a focus in oil painting and relief printmaking. Tabitha received her BFA in painting for the Bachelor Institute of Technology in 2009. They went on to receive her MFA in painting for the New York Academy of Arts in 2011. She is the current president of the Alumni Association of the New York Academy of Arts and is a serving member of the Board of Trustees. Tabitha has had her work shown in galleries throughout the United States and has been featured in the Wall Street Journal. All righty, welcome to Vibing With, and today we are vibing with Tabitha, the artist behind Visitant. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank, Thank you for having me. Great to see you. So we have gotten to, to speak a few times as we're you know, on this journey, but would you like to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Go slow. Sure. My name is Tabitha Whitley. I am a native New Yorker, born and raised in Brooklyn. I've been making art my whole life. I've been lucky that my family's always supported my creative endeavor. So I was always that kid who just, uh, you know, doodled in school and never stopped. And they just let me take all the art classes I want. And I ended up going to art school in the city too. Um, I've traveled a little bit, but, you know, I've always lived here. And um, now like I, I post-grad, I um, am, you know, an art teacher and an art creator. And, you know, I use social media as well as, you know, just normal in-person networking to share my work, sell my work, and, you know, uh, just share the creativity with anyone who's interested. Amazing. One thing when you were just talking about like the fact that you've been doing art since you were little, I'm like, that's just awesome to me because my daughter is very into drawing now. Like I, I just got back at my dad's house and like, I was like, here, look, look, you have your notepad and your pen. And so I'm like, oh, she might be, she might be an amazing artist like you one day. <laughs> that is the sign. If you have a kid who can just be content with just something to draw on, that's it. You know, like that's all you need. Yeah. Like my mom used to take me with her to like church when I was little and I was bored in there, but she always knew to keep bringing like envelopes and pens, like not even like a sketchbook, but just like mailed envelopes. And I would have that thing filled up by like the end of it. You know, so yeah, that's definitely a, a, a wink to the creative gene. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I saw my parents did for me as well a lot when I was drawing <laughs> at church for sure. I always get in trouble if I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So you're a teacher. What like age? What 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 level are you? Do you teach at? I, all over, like my ideal um, age group is actually college level. That's what I'm accredited to teach because I have a master's of fine arts as opposed to like a master's of education, which would be more lower level. But I do teach younger children. Like I taught um, at, at the Brooklyn Museum. I taught eight to 13 year olds for a few of their summer winter sessions that they do. And um, I work also at a paint bar part time. So like you'll get people from like five years old to like any age that can walk in. Um, but, you know, I, it's really fun to teach different levels because I, you find with children, they're way more free and confident in themselves. And like a lot of their confidence comes from just reassuring them that they can make whatever choice they want. And all ideas are good ideas. You could just see them glow with pride when they have their own creative idea and you support it. And with adults, it's like kind of like life wears on them. And they're like, I, I can't do this. I'm not an artist. I have an identity now and it's not this. And they freak out about everything they do. And, you know, like, especially if they have no experience, but then if they do have experience and they're trying 
to challenge themselves and you could crack the whip a little harder. So it's, you, you have different hands for how you handle, you know, each group, which is really interesting, just kind of learning to not be one kind of teacher, but learning how to teach for your student, whichever student you might have at that moment, you know? So you have to be very adaptable. <laughs> what school did you go to get your master's? Oh yeah, sure. I should do the whole run through. I'll just give everybody their shout out. So I actually started <laughs> Brooklyn High School of the Arts, like, like you know, New York has specialized oh, wow. high school. So it started there. And then in, for undergrad, I went to the fashion, fashion Institute of Technology. They're known for being a fashion school in New York, but they do, you know, fine art, illustration, animation, all that. And then um, I got my master's from the New York Academy of Art. And so those are my three big, you know, my, my, the length of my real formal art education. But so yeah, FIT was, was for, for the bachelor's, yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, actually I, I stayed in a hotel like right next to FIT. So it was really cool. I, like uh, last time I was in New York and I was, I actually went and did like a little tour. Um, and like, was it maybe in a museum? Yeah, they have like a museum that's like right attached to the school right across their like blocked off street. That's kind of like the whole university block they have there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun area because it's in the historic garment district in New York, which is no longer really much of a garment district. But back in the day, that was where all the fabric stores were and all the seamstresses and just the whole industry was like between like 20 something and 34th, you know, and um, so FIT was smack dab right in that fabric industry, which has definitely evolved over time. But, you know, you can still see the hints of like the industry still there. Still a lot of fabric stores if you go through the little side streets around there. Yeah. Awesome. That is so cool. And then you're also a president of your alumni association for your for the master's degree. So tell yeah. us about what you get to do with that. Well, I mean, after I graduated, it's funny what got me into volunteering. I, um, you know, like, I mean, I did a little bit of volunteering here and there in school. Like if there's like an art show and they're like, hey, we need people to pour wine or help with sales. It's like, sure, I've got a couple hours to do that. But after I graduated, um, I was interested in teaching art abroad. And, you know, I applied for one of these programs that didn't like, you know, accept me, but I saw they had all these different brackets for like, what volunteer work have you done? And I'm like, whoa, like barely anything to fill this in. So I'm like, all right, maybe I could go out and get some experience, especially working with kids. I'm like, you know, I guess if my time isn't worth anything, let me give it away for free until it has some value. And I um, first started volunteering with New York Cares and that got me like, doing painting murals in kids schools, which is not what I came in expecting to do, but that kind of opened some doors for paid work um, in that arena. And then that kind of just opened my eyes to like, oh, you know, if you want experience, but don't have it volunteer and, you know, just get involved. And especially being an artist, you know, like your art community is everything. It's not what you do. It's who, you know, in every industry. So I, you know, wanted to be more involved in my alumni community because I really, you know, enjoyed my time at my grad school. And I always felt like I really, I'm always meeting people who I connect with who graduate from there. They're kind of just like my perfect weird tribe of humans, you know, just like, all right, they're, they're, they're producing a lot of people who get me. So I should keep hanging around in this space. And so I originally just volunteered to help the former um, alumni association cabinet. You know, they had a big show and I just helped them do a few things. And someone said, maybe I should run. And at first I thought it was too many emails. I, I didn't think I could be someone who was good at bureaucracy and just staying on top of stuff, you know, 
I definitely have an artist's brain. I can space out, but I really, I, I won and I took to it. It's been really great. It's given me a lot of nonprofit experience and, you know, I'm meeting so many different people and, you know, I'm really connecting more with the different artists from different year graduation years and, the kind of stuff we do is we help like put on art shows or just help bring awareness to what's going on with different community members. Like if someone has an art show, it's like, all right, we'll post that on the Instagram or someone has an idea for an event and we know someone who can connect them and just like help them reach their goals. So that's like a lot of the things we do. And um, I'm in my second term right now. It's two years. Um, and this is like the beginning of my first year of my second term. And I actually um, am also a trustee on the board of the New York Academy of Art that kind of came in time after me doing my work with them. I think they were, you know, impressed enough that they wanted more of my feedback at a higher level. So now I'm, you know, serving as the Alumni Association representative on the uh, board of trustees, which again, you know, is increasing my nonprofit experience and introducing me to even more, you know, successful and, you know, uh, inspiring individuals who I'm really glad to be getting to know. And, you know, that's just something that I always tell everybody now. Like, I feel like I've learned a lot later in life that volunteering opens doors. I feel like, you know, kids who maybe grow up in a wealthier households, they know that they should be volunteering when they're in junior high, but like, I did not know that. So, you know, if anybody's listening, if you want to branch out and do something different. You have no experience, just volunteer first. You might think you have no time to volunteer, but you actually do. Like everybody has time to volunteer. Surprisingly, you could find just a little bit and I nothing it, it, it's, it's selfless and selfish every time, you know, like just to volunteer to do something that can help you. Why not help yourself while you're helping someone else? You weren't going to be helping someone else anyway. So, you know, everybody wins. So that um, has been a very rewarding uh, experience for me. And I'm glad I, I did it. It's also very busy, but, you know, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah, it sounds like a lot. But I, I, I used to volunteer a lot younger. Like my, my parents would have us volunteer for uh, universities. I don't even elementary schools and stuff. We go to nice. summer, summer schools. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I definitely have, I think it's a, really worth doing because I help people out any way you can. So I guess with all this art stuff that you do, are you working art full time? Is that like your full career now? I mean, I suppose, I mean, you know, it's all a hustle. You know, yeah. there are definitely some times where it's like, ooh, I could really, I hope somebody buys a painting soon because it's getting a little <laughs> rough. But, <laughs> but I, yeah, all of my work is now art related, which I feel very fortunate to be able to say. I'm either making art or teaching art or volunteering within the art world. So yeah, I'm very lucky that it's like, I used to wait tables, which I did not enjoy. Um, it gave me a lot. Every every job gave me something. And I'm really happy to be past that point in my life. You know, knock on wood. Like I know life's not a straight line. Hey, do this. So I'm, you know, grateful to not be waiting tables anymore and to have only art related work at this po point in my life. So you mentioned that like one of the things you volunteer is doing like you've done murals at schools like mm -hmm. what is what is your favorite kind of medium I guess as far as art I'm sure you learned lots of different types it's with all the different degrees. Right um, I think definitely my heart is in oil paint oil paintings like that is you know that's what my puzzle is uh, oil paint it's just it's just it's classical but it's timeless 
there's just something about this specific paint that it has like a lot of magic within it. Like you can make it look so different in so many different ways. So it's kind of like a love affair with that medium for me, for sure. Um, I also do printmaking, which is um, if people aren't familiar with it, it's like the process of almost like making your own like giant stamps. You take a flat piece of linoleum or wood and you carve an image into it, roll some ink on it, press paper on, and then boop, you've got a copy image. And so that's one of my other main um, mediums that I really enjoy. But I mean, I also draw like, you know, like pencil, pen, charcoal, like, uh, but I probably don't often sit down and say, I'm going to do a gigantic drawing today. Like that's not usually like my main medium, but you know, if somebody challenged me to, or if I felt so inclined, I could, but yeah, it's usually painting and printmaking, but I've dabbled in a lot. If you go to art school, they, they make you try a little bit of everything. So what did you like about like printmaking? Yes. printmaking. I love that I can get multiples of one image and I can do different things to it. So like, if I do like a painting, you know, like it takes me a couple of months, you can do things called G clay prints, which are basically high level Xeroxes but not with printer ink, but with a pigment on acid-free paper that makes them archival. And if you um, print them in limited editions, like you're like, all right, I'm going to print this painting, but they're only going to be 200 of them. Nobody gets any more after that. That gives them value. I could do that. But for the most part, a painting is one, a painting gets sold, a painting is gone. But with prints, uh, what you do is like, this is a piece of linoleum. It's hard to tell, but I carved into this. I see, yeah. And so with this, I mean, this is pretty hard, so it's not going to degrade too much. So I can get a bunch of prints out of this and I could do different prints with different colored inks. So this is what print looks like when it's printed. And, you know, it's like a mirror image, you know, you uh, peel it off like that. And so I could print this in, you know, red, blue, gold. I could add other elements. I could draw into it. I could add gold leaf after. I love that it's really versatile and that I could, you know, get multiples of the same image or I can make them different and still make them one of a kind. And it's also really fun, just the process of actually making the linoleum, because I mean, it might seem difficult but you know you're carving basically rather than drawing but it's fun I you know once you get a rhythm for it and you you know really get going with your process it can be cool to just sit down and methodically just go through you know but I mean you have to have like the patience for it or like be into that kind of meticulous work there there's meticulous art that I can't get into either where I'm like you guys are nuts I I can't (laughs) all day but um, I, I really enjoy it for those reasons. And it's great for training art, for giving Christmas gifts to family members, because I can't give a family member a painting I spent five months on. Like, that's not happening. So, you know, there's a lot of benefits to um, printmaking, you know, with that regard. You know, like there's a lot more art for everyone as well. So you had five months on a painting. That's amazing. Like, what is, how do you find your inspiration? Like, what is your process? Um, my process, you know, it evolves, it evolves all the time. And, you know, I still feel like, you know, my, my style is ever changing, but other, one of the main themes that runs through my work is like, it's an exploration of my, you know, African-American ancestry. I think a lot of African-Americans, you know, 
in America can share a, a similar feeling of, you know, like having like a disconnect from your heritage that goes beyond what happens here in America. It's like, well, where in Africa are my ancestors from? Like what countries, what tribes, what are these cultures? And I did an ancestry DNA test a few years back. And that gave me those answers. All of a sudden, I know like I'm mostly Nigerian and like my ancestors like you're either from there or the Congo and Cameroon. And now I go into art museums and I'm like, oh, wow, most of the art that are in this or that are, that's, you know, in these museums are coming from the Congo. And it was the Cuba kingdom back then. And like now I know I have ancestors who have been making art for thousands of years and there's a lot more beauty to my past and it's hard to reconcile those feelings it's not just saying okay now I'm going to put a bunch of Congolese symbolism in my art and that's it it's kind of like less about like this is who I am now and I'm painting about being African it's more about making paintings about me processing how I even feel about having this information if that makes sense you know because I think that is even more of a process than even just nailing down a new self-identity and, and trying to reconcile it. And I think that's a big thing with art. Like um, I once heard someone say, you know, when you're making art, you're not trying to solve anything. You're not, you're not trying to find big answers to big questions, but really it's an exploration. You're exploring a subject. You're trying to go on a journey that doesn't necessarily have to have an end. So a lot of times, you know, you'll see a lot of plants and flowers in my pieces. And a lot of that is really just symbolic of me connecting with my roots, my nature, my past, you know, who I really am. And I mean, I think, you know, if you go really deep into it, like, you know, uh, you know, depending on how, how into science you are, it's like, if you trace far back enough in your DNA, past the Congolese ancestors, past even the fish that came out of the water, you could find that we've got some common ancestry with trees. You know, we process glucose in the same way. So it's kind of like just getting these really deep connections and surface connections. And so a lot of the imagery can be pretty metaphorical, but it's really me kind of processing how I feel about all of these different things, which can be a lot. So which is why the work, the work changes, the work swirls around, you know, and so it's a journey, but you know, it's good to have a journey that doesn't have an end because you always have something to explore. So, I mean, it's a pretty loaded answer, I'm sure. But <laughs> Fantastic answer. Very yeah, well, the, the journey is that it's over. So, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to end. So exactly. I love that. Well, I know you mentioned I, when I was, I was, I, I told you, I actually am working on your puzzle right now. Which yeah. is crazy. And <laughs> it is beautiful. And I was saying, like, man, it's so much harder than I thought it would be just because, like, I'm like, there's a lot of blue and I have to, and I'm having to figure out where the blues are. And um, and you mentioned you you tend to do, you use three different colors and you try to, like, make an image out of using just those three colors. Tell us more yes. about that process. Yeah. Um, so that is actually kind of just like a, like a classical thing to do, you know, uh, back in the old days artists didn't have that many colors to work with because our paint comes from pigment, which is just crushed up stuff. That is that color in nature. And so that's why a lot of old timey paintings, there's just like a lot of browns. It's like very neutral, you know, but um, so they were using limited palettes with just a couple of colors to achieve an entire painting. And it's like, you know, uh, really fat, a really fascinating process. And it's really overwhelming to try to figure out, you know, how, what to do with all these different colors you have 
you know, if you've got like now in the 21st century, we've got a million synthetic colors to play with and you can get a little overwhelmed. So I found it really helpful to work with limited palettes. I essentially just take a red, a blue and a yellow and mix the rest of the rainbow from it and make a painting using mostly that. Right. Like um, the like the painting that is the puzzle. It's mostly um, three colors, but then like pops of like a brighter yellow here and there. But so it's funny because, you know, I don't, you know, do that many puzzles or think about puzzle strategy. So when you guys were telling me about that, like how it's like, yeah, I thought this brown was skin, but it was dirt. And I thought this color was here, but it was there. And I'm like, all right, because I use the same color in all these different places, but I'm trying to make it cohesive. It's kind of like a black and white film, you know, like you don't know where that gray goes. So it's just funny to hear how my painting translates and makes the puzzle challenging. It's definitely, it's a challenge, but it's fun. And it, you know, and the harder it is, the harder a puzzle is and the more rewarding and exciting it is when it's completed, especially, you know, when we have these puzzles that are supposed to be framed. So like, you know, it's taken me a minute because I have, a very very yeah. active two-year-old who likes to look at well you know, she, she's she's looking but I'm like okay if you touch that piece I'm gonna be nervous so <laughs> so <laughs> I have to be very very careful it's taking me a minute but when I finish it you'll definitely you'll definitely get a picture <laughs> I mean I'm honored and I didn't even think about that like framing finished puzzles I may have seen that in a household or two but I don't see it that often so it's like oh wow yeah like you guys are or keeping them. Like I kind of think of puzzles as just like a temporary challenge, like those, or like those Buddhist sand paintings. Have you ever seen those? Like mm-hmm. the Buddhist monks just make spend hours pouring out the sand just to make this beautiful thing that just the wind can blow away. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, you finish the puzzle and then you put it all back in the box and just yeah. do it again later. But that's yeah. so cool. Just to like, okay, now you've got the finished piece of art. I love that idea. Mm-hmm. I, I remember taking color theory in, in uh, college and I was so busy at the time, but it was very like fun and like challenging how to learn, try to like, kind of try to figure out what colors make this color and how to like, because mm-hmm. the teacher would try to teach us how to like certain colors represent like, you know, different moves, different tones and things of that nature. Is that how you kind of go about using your colors in general? Like, were you like setting a different tone or a mood with the colors? Yeah, I definitely do that now. I didn't always, you know, have that kind of a, uh comfort or understanding with color. But now I will often think about um, what am I going to put down as my first color so that it pops through as I'm painting like this piece behind me started out as what was originally going to be like an underpainting. I know a lot of times I'll start with a monochromatic painting and then I'll do the normal flesh tones on top. But I ended up just liking this as an underpainting. I just didn't go further into it. I'll think about like, okay, well, if I'm going to be painting brown skin, then I'll put, which is warm, you know, in the red, orange, yellow, warm family, I'll put a cool blue, purple, green family color underneath. So that, as you can see with my hand against it, the warmth of that really pops and makes the color pop forward. So I'll a lot of times think about, you know, like it, depending on what I want to be on top, what color I'm going to put underneath. And now I'm getting really into like really bold, bright colors, as you can see from some of the pieces in the background. So um, like, yeah, I will think about maybe like the mood of a piece and start with the colors, thinking about it that way, rather than just being like, all right, it's a red shirt. I'm going to paint it red. So yeah, I am trying to be more thoughtful about the emotion and energy in the colors I'm choosing rather than just, um, the logic of like, you know, it's a green leaf, make it green, you know? Yeah. That's, that's so cool. It's, 
it makes me think of like I watch a lot of Drag Race or RuPaul's Drag Race, and like like sometimes you'll see them like putting like orange, and I'm like, why orange? Like, and then but then when you see it and it's with the the completed look, it's like, oh, like that's just you know down it, you know maybe covering you know a blemish on their skin that they're trying to like smooth or whatever. It's like you know like makeup. It's another form of art that. Oh yeah. Even as a painter, I still consider the drag race makeup just pure witchcraft. They're doing <laughs> that. Like, I, I, I'm blown away. So yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Oh, uh, man. So, well, you know, we've talked all the time and have not even gotten into this beautiful piece that you've done. Thank Let's you. Talk about, like, the inspiration behind, behind um, Visitant. <laughs> okay, sure. Maybe should I... Is it worth busting it out? Should I put the painting in the background to talk about it? If you would like, if, if it's right. too much. All right. I'll take two seconds. I got to move a little around. Unideal painting viewing situation. There we go. Oh my goodness. Go. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And that's Thanks so much. What so, size is that? This is 36 by 48. Maybe it's a little bigger, actually. Um, It's definitely bigger than that. It built, did you build your own uh, uh... stretcher bars? Yeah. So yeah, I take the uh, like for people who aren't familiar with the process, there are just wood bars that you can just fit together, kind of like a picture frame, and then you stretch the canvas fabric over it, prime it, sand it, prime it a couple of times, and then it's good to go. Yeah, it's a pretty big piece. I think this is like at like I think it's about four by five feet, something like that. And um, it took me a couple of months. I made this in 2020 or 2020, I think at the beginning of 2021. And so this piece was inspired by my time in North Carolina. And so like, these are the woods that I got to visit out there. And, you know, it's like heavy talk, but like when I was down there, I know that my, you know, family, before they came to New York, they lived in the Carolinas. And even on the ancestry DNA test, it shows that like that was like a migratory place where the family lived, you know. And so I know that my family, you know, before they were, you know, free citizens of this country were working the the lands of the Carolinas. And so it was like a very strange feeling, like walking through these different locations. I don't normally spend that much time down there because I still got a little family down there, but I don't I usually go there for Thanksgiving. You know, I don't really get into a lot of heavy thinking. When I'm full of turkey, but spending seven months down there, you know, walking like these paths and, you know, like, like they're like not, they're not subtle in the South. Like they'll have like whole developments called like, you know, flowers plantation and cotton field groves. And it's like, you know, it's not like I'm trying to have these heavy thoughts, but they're putting it in my head. Yeah. And like, you know, I couldn't help but think like, are the, like, am I stepping over the specific lens that my ancestors worked, you know, like did fit members of my family walk here before? Did they, am I stepping over their footsteps? You know, like who lived here, who died here? Like, where were they buried? Where would the markers be? You know, if they were buried, you know, in a proper place. And so I kind of got like a, the kind of like this feeling of like acknowledgement of them, longing for them, like in mourning. So this piece is called Visitant and it's really about like on theme of like, you know, kind of like a ghost. It's like the ghost of my family members who I never got to meet, never got to know. And so this piece is just like me bringing flowers to them, you know, for like the graves that were never really uh, marked and for 
the steps that I don't know where they where they've stepped out, where they've gone, or what like places the steps they've taken. But you know, it's me feeling them around me and wanting to acknowledge their presence through this piece. And so that was um, where this came from. And like like I had very specific emotions with this painting. Not every painting is that specific, but this painting was very specific in that way. And so that's why I'm wearing the flowers and holding the flowers, but have African prints in my gown because, you know, it's all to them. And then, you know, like the Carolinas are kind of like this in between place where we lived, where it's like, we're not from, but now we're from there too. And so it had a lot of meaning and um, yeah, but color wise, yeah, I could see how this could be an issue. Like that's definitely that. <laughs> and like, yeah, I've got purples in the dress, but also the trees are purple too. So I, I can see how that can be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Like as I was throwing the puzzle pieces, I was like, oh this is my very big stack of purple pieces and then there's more I have like <laughs> I have like all these like little sorting trays and like plates and I'm like okay I'll put all the purple pieces here and then I'm like I need another piece because I have I, I, so I, <laughs> I mean yeah I suppose if I were painting this to be a puzzle I would have a different set of game plans in mind I'm like all right let's block it out let's zone it out we're gonna have some clear areas of color but as a painting it's like yeah we want the green of those leaves to be the same as these and these and these because it's all the same yeah. forest. So it's yeah. great. Yeah. So you only have like these flowers that are a different green and then all of these are different. I mean, like maybe I could recognize the, I think that would also be super weird because I haven't done the puzzle yet myself, but the idea of like revisiting my brush strokes in puzzle form ah. sounds really interesting yeah. because when you're, making a painting you're really taking your time you're spending a lot of time like sometimes things go by quick and you can kind of like brush over it and almost remember like what song you had in the background when you were painting it and others like it just goes by really quick but um it, it, that that would be really interesting I haven't had the time to really sit down and, and make my puzzle yet but I'll, I'll tell you about it when I get to it <laughs> well, I'll tell you that like that area you're talking about the flowers that was the first thing I did I think the flowers and the dress were the first yeah. things I did and then the skin like I said the skin was pretty you know I was like okay there aren't that many brown pieces so I was able to like pull them to the side and I was like this doesn't go anywhere. I'm like, oh, it must be that part over there, that patch on that side. And so <laughs> it's definitely, you know, works your brain. <laughs> and you mentioned music. Uh, this is Vibe and Wit. So you want to like get to know more about your music taste and what kind of music kind of inspires your art and you as, a, as an artist. So can you think of any songs that you listen to while you were doing Visit It or you're making it? I couldn't tell you with all certainty, but I definitely rotate depending on my mood, like for sure, a good place I'll go is nineties hip hop and R&B. You know, that's always fun. It like, like feels like it's representative of like how I grew up with Biggie and them growing up in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I also enjoy some good alternative indie rock, like the yeah, yeah, yeahs and them. Um, and you know, if I'm really in a mood, I might pop on a little classical or if it's like kind of rainy, it's always nice to throw on like a little Billie Holiday or like some French jazz and just get really moody about it. Um, it really just like my mood can shift and then like it just depends on what the painting wants that day. Yeah. Sometimes it could just be like, none of this feels right. I think I need to listen to an audio book. And I'll do a lot of that too. That'll be like, that's that, that does take up a lot more time than the music usually. Cause it's like, if you got 30 hours in the audio book, then you can just dive it, you know, 
Yeah. 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 For the audiobooks, it's a lot of fantasy and fiction and sci-fi. So, you know, I, I'm I'm not embarrassed to say I've listened to the Harry Potter books front and back way more times than was necessary. <laughs> Definitely could have squeezed in a few other books besides that in that time, but it sometimes you just want to be in Hogwarts and that's what it is. But <laughs> Uh, just in general, I really enjoy probably audiobooks more than music because I feel so busy that like, you know, it's like if I felt like I had time to sit down and really read a book, it should be a time I should be painting or doing something for my career. So I like the multitasking of the audiobooks. It lets me absorb literature. And I feel like I, you know, I'll still find, I'll find myself thinking in that literary style later, or that will inform, you know, my interests or whatever book, I mean, book painting I might be working on could be inspired by it. So, um, you know, that's definitely a big thing I enjoy absorbing while I'm painting. Yeah. It's so funny. My husband, like he, I, I listened to Michelle Obama's book on audio and I was like mm-hmm. oh yeah I just finished reading Michelle Obama's book and he's like you didn't read that's odd she read it to you but you didn't read I'm like she read it to you I have the information that was in the book therefore I read the book <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I know I don't know how to put it either I'm like I'm like I didn't read I just I just listened to this book and yeah. I used to think it was cheating to him like if your eyes didn't scroll over the words it's not reading but no I mean like I feel like I it, it's helping my writing I I can I can you know I'm picking different words it's still absorbed into my brain you know so it still counts even if Michelle read it to you you're lucky that you had a moment with Michelle who could say that maybe the other millions of people who got the audiobook but also you <laughs> exactly it has been so amazing chatting with you and getting to hear so much about your journey um could you please tell all of our listeners like where can we find you Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You can find me on all the internets and the social medias. You can find me on Instagram, Tabitha Whitley Art. You can also find me on TikTok, also Tabitha Whitley Art. You just mix up the underscores, but you'll find me out there. Or if you just Google Tabitha Whitley, you can find my website and just me on all the different things. I, you know, have in-person shows and online shows. I, um, you know, might have some different things coming up in the near future. So if you follow me, you'll be able to see what I'm up to and keep track of where my work's going. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. This is a great opportunity. It's been super fun working with you and just going through the whole process. And I really appreciate you guys finding me and reaching out and, you know, being interested in my work. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for an episode of Vibing With. Be sure to purchase a puzzle by this talented artist at puzzlesofcolor.com. You can also listen to a curated playlist of music to pair with this artist's puzzle on Spotify. Just search for Puzzles of Color.